We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming to you after the Timberwolves' first game of a home-home back-to-back against the Portland Trail Blazers. Wolves lost this one, 125-121. to And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about kind of what went wrong in this one um, over the course of the game. But I want to start by talking about something that will not show up in that box score something that won't show up in any sort of advanced metric or whatever. And that's that the Timberwolves defense has changed or that it's changing. Chris Finch is very clearly in the process of overhauling the Wolves defensive scheme. I mean, it's, it's in small sort of bits and pieces and not necessarily successful thus far, but it's definitely happening. The defense is changing and this is all, Defense in the NBA, or just in basketball, I guess, is it's a gray topic. It's confusing. It changes based on your opponent. But, you know, generally speaking, every team has their own defensive principles. And yet, again, the Wolves are changing. And I think that's, I think that's really important to take note of because it is extremely fundamental in our understanding of this team's best player. It's fundamental because the Timberwolves have been a horrific defensive team for every season of Carl Anthony Towns' career. I mean, in Cats rookie season, out of 30 teams, the Wolves as a team ranked 28th in defense. His second season, they ranked 27th. His third season, the year they made the playoffs, 25th. His fourth season, 24th. And his fifth season last year, the year that Cat missed the majority of the games, the Wolves ranked 20th in defense. And this year, they currently rank 26th. Obviously, there are multiple common denominators here other than just Cat. I mean, outside of Cat, the Wolves have not had great defensive personnel in any of his six seasons. 
So that's also a factor. But the most relevant factor, in my opinion, in all of those six seasons is that Cat has been the tentpole of the defense. He's been asked to live by the rim and function as the team's rim defender. I mean, they've ran variations of different schemes from Sam Mitchell to Tom Thibodeau and then to Ryan Saunders, but every one of those coaches, their schemes was heavily reliant on ball containment by the guard, and that guard was schematically asked to filter the offense to Cat's rim defense, where the expectation was for Cat to help extinguish the offense with his presence at the rim. I mean, from... You remember Tibbs screaming ice, ice, ice on the sidelines. That was asking Cat to ice pick and rolls into into Cat at the rim to, you know, this drop scheme under Saunders and Vanterpool. The whole solid is enough. I mean, every defensive principle the Wolves have had has asked Cat to move backward toward the rim when the offensive player is coming at him. Again, there's been different variations of what's going on around Cat in those principles, you know, from tagging and recovering, you know, regarding the pick and roll with two players, three players, or are you simply switching? But with Cat, you know, his duties have always largely been the same. And it's never worked. Now, again, you know, people will do the long division here and pin down Cat as being the variable to highlight in that, which is partially fair, but it's also fair to point out that the cat variable has always been the same, which if you look at this glass half full, I mean, that can lead us to believe that using him differently could lead to a different result. And I think we've seen it now. We saw it in the first game out of the break, the 33 point win over the Pelicans. We saw cat being used differently defensively. The whole scheme started to be different. The dogmatic nature of everything being funneled to cat, you know, started going away rather than focusing on containing the ball containing one player the defensive scheme whether it was in a man concept or in a zone concept the defensive scheme you know shifted to each of the five players being more focused on containing a space rather than a player and as chris finch explained after practice on friday this was an intentional move on his part because he didn't feel the wolves quote bend but don't break scheme bet best fit this Wolves roster. This is what Finch had to say. How would you characterize how significantly different it is what you guys are going to do now and going forward defensively than what had been done previous? Well, I, you know, um, we just wanted to kind of, we have young, energetic, long, athletic players, and I think we needed to activate them, fly around, cover for each other a little bit more, err on the side of being aggressive towards the ball, um, and then get out and contest shots at a high rate the you know the previous you know principles were more um kind of built on ball containment bend but don't break you know things that are very fundamentally sound and and uh, also highly applicable but with young players i think sometimes it's just like go be as active as you can if you're gonna make mistakes we'll cover for we'll work our way out of them we'll hustle our way through them uh and you know both both systems are are, are equally uh effective but you know i just think it takes some of the thinking out of it for guys and they can just play more on instinct now whether it was intentional or not i mean finch using the words bend but don't break are synonymous with the words that ryan saunders used for his defensive principles the ones that were installed by david panterpool which were 
quote, solid is enough. I mean, to be fair, the solid is enough, as Finch said, you know, the, the solid is enough strategy that the fundamentally sound drop scheme can work. I mean, some of the best defensive teams around the league run that. I mean, think about the Jazz. Think about the Sixers. Think about the Bucks. Those teams basically run that, right? But those teams just have different personnel that are better at, not just their center, but they have personnel that are better at executing that style. But those teams do also have Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid, and Brooke, Brooke Lopez as the walls at the rim that the deep, their defense is funneling the action to. And Cat is not those players. I mean, Cat cannot defend the rim the way those players can. However, those other three bigs are not apt defenders defending on the perimeter. They're not, they're not players you want switching out onto a wing aggressively. They're always always intentionally positioned to be by the rim. And part of Chris Finch's new bet here is that Cat is a big who can do that, who can defend on the perimeter and who can get out on a switch when necessary. Coach, you talked a little bit about that bend but don't break defense and and such a, a core of that has been, you know, Cat in the drop, defending the rim there. Last night when he was playing alongside Nas, and I know this is when you guys were in zone, but you kind of had Cat more defensively placed on the perimeter. Can that, as you talk about this evolvement of the defense, how do you feel about Cat's relationship in defending areas outside of that restricted area? I feel confident in it. I think he, he's got great feet, got great length. I think he's, he's intelligent. He's able to use his, you know, his spacing against uh, different guys pretty well. Um, when you look at his numbers, some of his switching and pick and roll numbers are, are pretty impressive really and it's something we could do more of too um so you know if hey listen the reality is we can either play zone which we'll do at times we can switch more which we'll do at times but if we want to play Nas and him together more then one of them's gonna to have to take the four or there has to be a matchup where we can kind of um you know take advantage or hide if you will I don't like to use that word because I think they're both capable defenders so that clip was Finch talking after practice on Friday which was between the Pelicans game and the Blazers game and as he alluded to, with Cat defending next to Nas in that game, what we saw in the Pelicans game was Cat functionally defending as the four. Now in that game, you know, again, this is where the gray comes in. The Wolves were playing a lot of zone, but in ways, zone is actually a great representation of if you're not using Cat as your five, how you're placing him, right? Because it's a 2-3 zone. Where does the center go in a 2-3 zone? The middle of the three in the back, right? And that's Nas was in the middle of the three there in the two, three and cat was on the wing of the two, three. I mean, that's something we've never seen before. And I mean, I took note of that right away. And I was like, is this a sign of what is to come? This is a different way to use cat. And now that we have this blazers game, I mean, again, I think we can gather that it turns out it was a sign of what was to come. I mean, the wolves defensive scheme was again, completely different against the blazers. Cat was again playing aggressively against the ball. He was playing up. He was not dropping. For those of you who watched the Portland game, I mean, you saw it. You you saw Cat used differently. And but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to go into how that was different, but first we're going to take a quick break. Have you ever 
said yourself, I love the fact that I've had the same pair of sheets since just after college and I've never liked them, but I keep washing them every week and putting them back on the bed just like it's totally normal. Well, stop it. Brooklinen can make that voice in your head and the bad sheets on your bed go away. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to boost their home essentials in a way that didn't cost them an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen, which is the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They're so confident you will love their products that... They even have a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is also so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, they got pillows, towels, loungewear, more. So go to brooklinen.com and use promo code MORE, my last name, M-O-O-R-E, to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, you get free shipping. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, and enter promo code MORE to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more and free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code MORE at checkout. Okay, so against Portland, the Wolves' first quarter defense was a complete disaster. So let's let's not ask, act like this is all fixed. That oh, they changed the scheme and the defense is good. I mean, it was it was brutal in the fourth quarter. The uh, first quarter, the Blazers ran pick and roll over and over again with Damian Lillard and Enes Cantor or another big and. By the end of the first quarter, Lillard had eight assists and Cantor had 12 points without missing a shot. And, I mean, that's going to be the price of experimenting with change for the Wolves defensively. But the Wolves did do two things fundamentally different in their plan of attack against Lillard and the Blazers. And it was different under Finch than it was under Saunders. I mean, we saw them do this before. I mean, and we saw the Wolves play the Blazers before. Most notably, I mean, I think it's just in matchups. I mean, Cat wasn't guarding Ennis Cantor. Right away, the first possession of the game, I mean, in the whole beginning of the game, Cat was tasked with guarding Blazers power forward, Derek Jones Jr., who plays on the perimeter. And it was Jared Vanderbilt who was guarding Cantor in those pick and rolls. That's just on the surface. That's just the matchups. But the Wolves also changed how they defended the action. They did not have Vanderbilt drop and pick and roll coverage like the old old scheme often asked they had Vanderbilt come all the way up and show with a hedge on the screen which is basically kind of like a mini trap if it's a hard hedge if you I guess don't know that terminology now that might seem like a Blazers specific tactic you know you're trying to get the ball out of Lillard's hands and you know Vanderbilt is mobile enough to maybe show and recover which I'm sure that was a factor in this. That was in some ways true. But I thought the telling part came a few minutes or possessions into the game when the Blazers started having Derrick Jones Jr. set the screens rather than in his canter. I mean, the Blazers wanted to involve Cat in the pick and roll, and they wanted to go at him, and they did. And it worked. But what was telling was that Finch had Cat up showing on the screen and hedging at times himself the same way that Vanderbilt did again I'm not saying this worked I'm just pointing out that this is different and it's extremely different for Cat he's not only being 
asked to guard an athletic wing in Derek Jones Jr., but he's also being asked to defend a pick and roll aggressively rather than conservatively. Over the years, there's been games from time to time where, you know, Cat gets a switch or two and he gets a big stop. And I've asked him after those games, just kind of about, particularly, you know, if it's a fourth quarter or something, you know, how he felt defending a switch. And his answer is all, was always, you know, I can do that. I feel like I'm capable of doing it, but that's not what I'm being asked to do in the scheme right now. So I'm, you know, defending the rim. He's always said that for years. So tonight I was excited to ask him about doing it in a game where he was actually asked to do it within the scheme. Carl, uh, Coach Finch has talked about how he feels comfortable playing you out on the perimeter more defensively. And that's something you've always talked about feeling comfortable doing, but you haven't had the opportunity to do a lot of that. I mean, what is your what is your kind of, I guess, excitement level to kind of try more of that here in the second half of the season, defending out on the perimeter? I mean, you know, it's, it's a responsibility. You know? Just because I'm excited doesn't mean that uh, just energy, like, uh, how do you say, like youthful energy is going to get the job done. It also requires me to watch more tape and be, like I said, more technique. I got to be able to guard and without fouling and then also contest and make life difficult for them. So, um, of course, I'm excited. I've been, I've done it for a lot of my life playing all five positions and just guarding around. But, you know, I got to do it at an NBA level and do it at a, not only just enough, but average. But I got to sur uh, surpass that. Um, so every day, just working, just being smart, being in the positions I got to be, being in the places I got to be, um, guarding on a perimeter, you know, <clears throat> you know, especially when you've been guarding bigs, you know, I got to be at that nail at, at all the time, be ready for the, the blow by. I'm ready to help my teammates. I got to be everywhere. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of do whatever as needed for us to win. And uh, I'm willing to do that and put my body in, um, you know, utilize any skills and uh, versatility I have to try to help us win and, and put, give us a chance to win every night. Does it almost feel weird to, you know, do the jump ball with Ennis Cantor and then have to go over to Derek Jones Jr.? I mean, how many times have you even done that in your career where you're not guarding the biggest players? Does it just kind of feel funny? Um, I haven't done it much in my NBA career. It's always just kind of like a random switch, you know, and I get on a guard and stuff, but um, it's cool. You know, it gives me, it gives me a chance to utilize my versatility and, you know, um, utilize my length and athleticism as well, you know, and, and, and also, you know, it's, it's a fine line. It's a very fine line. I think, uh, you know, when you play in that kind of way, especially on the perimeter, it takes a little bit of the rebounding out. So we got to, you know, it requires me to utilize more energy because I got to run in there and get that defensive rebound at all costs because if I don't, uh, we're already playing at a side dip, you know, efficiency when you got Ennis Cantor, Vandal and Ennis Cantor. So um, it puts more responsibility on me, puts more, uh, you know, more energy to expend, but I'm willing to do it. I really think this is huge, or at least has the potential to lead to change. I think, as we saw tonight, I think it's going to be a very rocky start. I mean, defending this way, like the previous way, is not only about Cat. The other four players need to adjust accordingly and get used to different defensive duties themselves. And they did not do that tonight. I mean, they're, it was, it was pretty terrible off ball um, in, but it was different. I mean, this is a totally different scheme to everyone. There are different duties when you're playing on the strong side, the weak side, you're off ball. I mean, they're learning that or have to learn it. 
But me personally, I'm a believer in the idea that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is insane. And I, I mean, I, I think the Wolves crossed that line a while ago with their defense. I mean, I, and I'm just encouraged to see Finch's willingness to experiment. I don't know that the results will be different, but I do know that the principles are, and I believe that's a good way to instill change. And I, I do also believe in what Finch is saying about this style fitting the Wolves' young roster better. I think the idea of de- depending, defending a space versus containing a player through screens is, is something that's going to benefit Anthony Edwards. You know, the increased intention to playing active in a space is already leading to additional deflections for Edwards, right? Like we're seeing that the tips that are leading to fast breaks. I mean, he's better at that. He's really, Edwards has really struggled in ball containment, particularly against ball screens this year, all year that, and that fighting over screens. I mean, he's going to still need to do that from time to time, but there's, it doesn't go away, but it will be less critical if this is where the new scheme is going. And I also think it should be interesting to see how this impacts Josh Kogi and Jarrett Culver because they were the two best on the team at that ball containment and fighting over screens and getting to review contests. So how does this shift in scheme impact their value to the team? I mean, before solid is enough, Saunders and Vanderpool style, I mean, it was almost a necessity to have one of a Kogi or Culver on the floor because that duty, that point of attack defender was so important. You needed a Kogi or Culver to be able to fight up over the screen and, and you know, stay connected to the ball handler's hip and push them into cat. If they're not dropping the big, that becomes less important. I don't think one of a Kogi or Culver need to be on the floor to guard the ball at all times going forward if you're defending in a different way. I mean, tonight we saw Rubio on Lillard most of the night. And Rubio isn't necessarily a great point of attack defender because he isn't a great athlete and he isn't very physical. But if Rubio is switching that screen or or has that big up there to hedge with him, well, he doesn't need to be fast and physical like Akogi and Culver needed to be. And I think the same could go for D'Angelo Russell as well. I mean, D'Lo is not the defender you asked to go fight over the top of the screens and to scramble for a contest. But he is a guy I think you feel more comfortable with, you know, defending the ball with length and then showing on a switch or hedge situation. I guess just long story short, I'm with this. This is how I would defend with this Wolves roster. And I'm, I'm fascinated most specifically to see how this impacts Cat. Because, as always, how everything impacts Cat greatly impacts this team as a whole outside of defense tonight um, a couple of nuts and bolts just from tonight's game that i feel are noteworthy if you missed the game or or just <laughs> things that we should we should acknowledge going forward and i think one was just that wancho hernan gomez played and he played well wancho played 12 two 12 minute stints in this game and this was a game where it didn't feel like wancho had to come out i mean Pretty much every other time he's played in the rotation this year, there was there was something that happened along the way where you go, man, I don't know if we can play Wancho right now. And 
he wasn't hurting the team at all tonight. I think he was beneficial. He played 24 minutes, had 10 points and eight boards. He brought good energy and he fought well on the interior, even though he's not necessarily a big bruising guy. I mean, with, with guys out right now, uh, the, the 10th spot in the rotation is open. If Finch is going to choose to go 10, like he did tonight. And Wancho looked like he deserved it tonight. And I would imagine we see him in the rotation again tomorrow. And then also, I mean, the, Next three games are Lakers and then Suns, Suns. It's a pretty big opponents. I I would assume you play Wancho in those games too. It's interesting. I'm not sure there's room for Wancho once Beasley and a Culver get Beasley and Culver get back because now, you know, you're adding to the wing mix, which probably pushes you know, some McDaniels minutes up more gets maybe gets rid of McDaniels' minutes at the three. And, you know, maybe forces Lehman to only be playing if he's a four or two. So there's going to start to be a pinch. So for, for Wancho, this time being, he, he just has a chance to show something. I think this is his this is opportunity going into, you know, the trade deadline to to show that he can or can't be, a, you know, a piece of this this rotation for the rest of the year. Because it might impact, I mean, the roster might change. And and a spot could be created for him, or you know, or he could be traded. The other real bright spot uh, of the second unit for the second strike game was Jalen Noel. I mean, Noel, he got hot and was just cooking out there. It, particularly in the second half, alongside Nas Reed and pick and roll game, it was, you know, it was it was a lot like when Jordan McLaughlin and Nas Reed have been rolling. It was. It was, I mean, Noel, he's more of an offensive punch himself in that pick-and-roll game. So we can see him getting all the way to the bucket to score in those pick-and-rolls a little bit more than McLaughlin could. But he was also, you know, he was also finding Nas. He's, Noel had 17 points, three of six from three, and, you know, he did a good job kind of as that de facto backup point guard initiating the offense. Finch actually closed the game with Noel over Vanderbilt. I would say with Noel that um, on the surface, his minutes would be the most threatened by return of Culver and Beasley. But, I mean, I just don't think Finch can watch these last two games and come to the determination that Noel leaves the rotation. I guess we'll see there. Finch did say, related, that Culver could return to the lineup tomorrow uh, for the second game against the Blazers. So whether that happens tomorrow or on Tuesday against the Lakers, I am very interested to see whose minutes Culver kind of infringes on. It's just, it's hard to make the case for Culver over anyone right now. Because even even Josh Okoge has been solid in his limited role in these two games after the break. The Wolves are back at it Sunday night, again against the Blazers. Um, Again, it's going to be interesting to see what sorts of tweaks Finch does make, I mean, to this defense specifically. Lillard is a whole Pandora's box of defensive planning to deal with, but I'm just encouraged and glad to be able to think about it, that it might be different. You know, it might evolve. There, there are going to be more defensive tweaks. Such a, a, a problem, I guess you could say, I, I've had is that this defensive scheme has just been too dogmatic for my liking. Too much of the same thing over and over again. Even if it was solid principles, I just 
think we got to the point that expecting different results was, was just not really reasonable. So I will talk to you after that one, the second one against the Blazers on Sunday night. Until then, I'm Dane. Enjoy your Sunday. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like no